Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. Fear. For me, it's a really powerful word, and it's a really powerful emotion. I actually tell people that it may even be more powerful than love. Fear keeps us alive, but it also can keep us from thriving. It can keep us stuck in jobs, habits, and relationships that really aren't very good for us. But changing these things really require more than just a desire to change them or even just like white-knuckling willpower. It takes confronting your fear. Because, let's face it, fear of the unknown is often stronger than the pain of staying wherever it is you are. So today I'm joined by marriage and family therapist and life coach John Kim to explore ways that you can move through the fear that is preventing you from the life and the love you really desire. So John, thank you so much for being on the show and talking about this really important topic. Yeah, thank you for having me. I think it's a very important topic and I think it's uh, something that everyone can relate to. I think that fear can really get in our way sometimes. And in your recent article, Six Ways to Conquer Fear and Take Back Your Life, you talk about the role that fear plays in the type of life that somebody can have. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, I think that uh, fear is the greatest wall that will block your potential. And I think, you know, there's different types of fear. There's different levels of fear. But um the deeper fear, the fear, you know, fear of rejection, fear of, of loving hard, fear of failure, like all these deep rooted fears, we pull from them, whether we are you know, aware or not. And it limits us and it uh, stops us from, you know, uh, shooting for the stars. Yeah, I mean, and it's really important because, you know, for a long time, um, I actually own the domain name and my website was actually A Fearless Marriage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because there's so much about relationships that are scary. And, you know, I actually had a client years ago who basically said to me, that all she wanted was a guarantee that her husband was never going to hurt her. And I said, okay, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> because they said, that's going to happen. You can't be, you can't live life. As Dr. Phil says, you can't live life with sweaty palms. You can't right. have the love that everybody says they want or the life that everybody says they want without tackling that fear. Yeah, and I but, think the other part of it is um, when you are afraid, there's a um, there's a subtle fight or flight going on, uh-huh. and people are protecting themselves. And by doing that, you are creating a veneer, and you're not bringing an honest, authentic you to the table. So, like, the more afraid people are, the more they're distancing themselves. Does that make sense? Well, exactly, because it's, I think you said, you know, this fear of rejection, and I hear it all the time when I talk to couples about having hard conversations. People say they want to avoid conflict. When things are good, they don't want to rock the boat. You know, they're afraid of upsetting their partner, or they're afraid their partner isn't going to like what they say. I mean, it's fear, 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 fear. Yeah. And it's like, I can't be my authentic self. I can't be honest about what I want or what I need because my partner won't like it. And then you're talking about that, then you can't possibly have the kind of relationship if you're not authentic. Right. In your article, you write, your number one recommendation to overcoming somebody's fear is to commit to the change. 
So, okay, so how is this different than just wanting to change? What well, do you mean by committing to the change? Uh, the execution piece, you know, I think a lot of people um, have revelations. I think a lot of people have ideas and they, you know, they read, read self-help books and they get very excited. They go to seminars, they do programs, but they don't. Um, I think all that is half of the coin of growth. I think the other half is actually executing. And by that, I mean uh, practicing it in your daily life. So getting rid of fear isn't a light switch. It's going to be something that you have to work on. Just like you, you know, we were just talking about CrossFit earlier. Just like, uh, you know, the amount of work it takes to transform your body. Approach it like a practice daily. Okay, so it's sort of not just having the desire, it's also sort of having a plan. Yes, having a plan and actually what does it look like to um, overcome, you know, a fear. Like what does it look like not in your head but in action. So you have to take the next step. It isn't just saying I want to lose 10 pounds or I want my relationship to be better. I actually have to go a little bit further than that and design what it looks like yeah, or what uh, I think it's going to look like? Absolutely. I think one example of this would be like if you're afraid to um, like really show yourself with people, an exercise could be uh, for one day or one week, pick a few people that you trust and see if you could push that um, you know, that, 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 uh, that meter and really show yourself. Or if you're afraid to get into a relationship, setting up uh, yourself for an experience where you realize that it's not as scary as you thought. And I think that's where the shift is. I think that's where the experience, there's nothing more convincing than experience, you know. So um, actively setting yourself up to conquer that fear in action, not just, uh, you know, thinking about it and dreaming about it and, and all that stuff. So that's interesting because you actually talk about, in the article, you actually have a couple of ways that I think are really good um, about how people can challenge their fear. And one of them you talk about, you talk about the worst case scenario, and you also talk about reframing the situation. So can you kind of give us a little bit about what each one of those is like? Because I know one of the things that's like, oh, I can stop myself from doing something because... You know, I, I have this horror fantasy, you know, it's like something really awful is going to happen. I think we become very afraid because fear is a shadow that we cast by our own hand, meaning um, because we never do, you know, the action piece or set us up for experience to really uh, explore that fear. We blow it up in our heads. It's like, you know, it's like when I um, when I was like 12 and I saw the movie Psycho for the first time, I remember <laughs> like how terrifying that was. And I didn't shower, you know for weeks. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that I think that movie was responsible for a lot of poor hygiene for a while. Exactly. And so, you know, and, and if I watch it now as a 43 year old, um, you know, it's not going to have the same effect on me as it did when I was um, 12. But if I don't watch it and I think about that movie, I'm seeing it through the eyes of that terrified 12 year old. And I'm holding on to mm-hmm. that image instead of playing it now and realizing, oh, it's actually not as scary as I thought. So the experience of watching that movie now will uh, minimize or dissolve uh, some of my fear. As opposed to if I never watch it, then I'm always going to have the fear in my head because it's 
you know, it's imprinted. And I think that that happens in uh, relationships when people get hurt or, you know, whatever happened in their story in the past, it's, it's blown up to a lot uh, bigger than it actually is. And if you were actually to lean into that fear or to experience it again, it's not as terrifying. So that's why I'm saying play out your fear, like actually imagine the worst case scenario. And if you really play it out, honestly, you'll probably see that it's not that scary or it's not as scary as you think it is that you've created in your head. Yeah, and it's really interesting because going back to this thing about, you know, I want to I want to share with my partner maybe something about the relationship that's not working for me. And I'm afraid to do it because I think my partner's going to get really angry and I'll actually ask my clients. It's like, well, is that is is that the way your partner normally reacts to life? And they'll say, "Well, no." So, it's why do you think they're going to react to you this way? And they look at me like, well, I don't know, but I'm afraid it'll happen. Right. So, or or one of the things that I hear all the time is, well, I'm afraid, you know, my partner will be disappointed. And so my answer is, okay. And the problem with that is what? Right. And I say, and I say, play it out. And what? Yeah. What if they are disappointed? Mm-hmm. You know. So like, what if that fear is, comes true? And then I think when they're able to see that and they get comfortable with that, then they are become less afraid. So is this a little bit about what you mean by reframing the situation, too? Is it kind of try to put um, – you? Know, because one of the things that I talk about with people is if you learn something, it's never a waste of time. Right. Because you know, you know, people talk about, oh, well, that relationship didn't work out or I'm afraid to get involved. But, you know, it's like, but it's what did you learn? Did you learn something that you can take – into the next situation because then it wasn't then it wasn't a waste of time then it wasn't something that you shouldn't have done is that sort of what you're talking about yeah i think by reframing it you could use um you can you could put you can you could leverage it so you're more leaning into it so for example um, if you know that whatever you're afraid of like on the other side of fear what is that, what is that saying on the other side of fear is everything you want um, if, uh, I like that, yeah. If you, if you frame it in a way where there's a dangling carrot, there's something on the other side of the fear that, uh, you know, is going to be rewarding. Um, I think fear and resistance is the, the richest soil for growth. You know, and I, I think that, uh, I mean, you have to, you have to be careful about it in protecting yourself and how much you want to lean into it. But I think that exploring that and being very curious about that is where you're going to, uh, live more at your potential. So if you reframe it in that way, then you could get to a place where you actually kind of get excited about running toward your fears instead of away. You know, if you see it as an opportunity for growth. Well, and I kind of like to tie it back to what we were talking about before about the commitment, because I do know that if people, because a lot of times people will, will react out of fear about where they are. It's, you know, it's the proverbial out of the frying pan into the fire. I don't like where I am, so I'm just going to take, you know, I'm, I'm just going to take off running. It's the it's the horror movies where every time you watch a horror movie, it's like, why are those people going into the basement? Don't they know they're not supposed to go into the basement? Right. But they're just running out of fear. And it's because they don't have a destination that people get away from the immediate pain that they're trying to avoid. But then the but then 
the pain of the unknown gets to be too much or the fear of the unknown gets to be too much and they talk themselves into, oh, that wasn't so bad. And then they go back into the old way, right? Yeah, I think also part of it is just knee-jerk. Part of it is um, patterns and what we're used to, which is uh, instead of leaning into things, um, reacting. So if we're afraid of something, just instantly going the other way. Well, and I think that's, I think that really is, you know, when I talk about fear being a survival tool, because if, you know, the fight, flee or freeze mechanism when we're afraid, that's a survival thing. Right. And, but, but again, like we said, we're, I'm running into the basement to escape the, you know, to escape the bad guy. And then, of course, I'm going to get trapped yeah, <laughs> right. like, because I didn't think, don't go into the basement. That's not where you're supposed to go. Um, you, you know, and, and again, I think a lot of people have the idea that fear is bad, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure we can be alive without it. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I think that uh, it's definitely a radar for us to protect ourselves, you know. Um, but I think that uh, what it was, de- you know, kind of uh, designed for uh, back when we were, you know, uh, uh, the wrestling tigers and stuff. Uh, now it just now because our, we're able to be afraid uh, just with our thoughts. Like, we don't have to be in front of a tiger to be afraid. We could just think of something and be afraid. And I think um, that's what keeps people stuck. You know, I think that's kind of the double-edged sword of fear is that now it's not protecting us. It's actually um, uh, preventing us from maneuvering at our potential. Absolutely. This is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking with fellow marriage and family therapist and coach John Kim about how to achieve your life's desires by dealing with your fears. And if one of the things that is keeping you from a fantastic relationship is fear, fear of upsetting your partner or being abandoned or even just being your authentic self, then I invite you to have a conversation with me and take advantage of my free, no obligation relationship breakthrough strategy session. You can reach me at leslie at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's L-E-S-L-I at foundationscoachingn as in Nancy, C as in charlie.com. Or you can give me a call at 919-924-0463. And what we can do is take a look at what you're afraid of and find a way to really commit to what you want. So getting back to this conversation with John Kim about fear, you make a really interesting suggestion in your article that people name their fear. Now, what do you mean by that, and why is it important? Um, I think that if we give our fear a name, what it does is um, it, it almost uh, – we can recognize it. it. It's not this big monster, um, but you know, we, we can identify it, and it's uh, almost, almost humanizing the fear, you know? Because you actually suggest give, not talk, not giving it a name like anxiety or or fear. You actually like George or Sam sure. or Susie. I mean, you actually are talking about giving it an actual. There, there's something name. about giving it a name where you almost friend it. You know, there's something about giving it a name. You know, it's like with our pets. Suddenly, you see it as a not this. You know, you just don't see fear as a monster, but you see it as a thing that's kind of with you and by you that you want to. Um, eventually, you know, conquer, and it's uh, it's just it's just it's simple, and it's, it just makes it less intimidating. 
And I mean, and one of the things that I also suggest is not just to give it a name, but to describe it. What does it look like? How big is it? What color is it? Sure. You know, yeah. What's its What's its personality? <laughs> because then you, I think you could find some interesting ways to work through that. Yeah, absolutely. And so, what are some of the what are some of the things that can help people? First off, identify their fear, because I think that can be a really challenging situation in in and of itself. For sure. I think that it all starts with uh, being aware. I mean, let's give your listeners a plan. I think the first step is to make a list of what you're afraid of. And then, and then from there, how that plays out in your life. So, for example, if you're afraid of uh, getting into a serious relationship because of the past or whatever reason, then how does that play into your life? Well, that prevents you from, you know, uh, dating or getting into relationships. So you can kind of see uh, the result of that fear and how it plays into your life. And I think that's what's important. I think that's what uh, people need to see. So they're not just thinking, oh, I'm afraid of this and whatever, but they're saying me being afraid of this affects me directly this way uh-huh. you know okay um you know the silly one would be like okay if you're afraid of sharks that's going to prevent you from learning to surf or you know <laughs> and then and then you prioritize them and you say okay these are the fears that i need to change because they're preventing me from things that i really want you know at Mm-hmm. And I have an interesting, um, it, and I can't remember where I heard this, and I really, but it's the five why questions. So it's why are you afraid? And somebody will say, you know, because I don't want to be hurt. Right. Why is, and then you, and then the next question is, well, well, why is that such a bad thing? And you keep going down that if you, if you ask yourself why five times, by the time you get to that last answer, that's usually what you're really afraid of. I'm, I'm afraid of being rejected. I'm afraid of not being loved. I'm afraid of failure. And then, and then you can a- address it. Yeah, in that's, a much um, more... that's the whole peeling the onion thing, and uh, you know, playing things out and asking a lot of whys, figuring out uh, where it stems from, and then you know, playing playing out the worst case scenario and then being being aware that it's not that scary. <laughs> well, so yeah, I, I tell people that it, you know, if, if I make it through the day and I'm breathing, it's been a good day. Yeah. You know, and, and because yeah, I mean, things may not have gone exactly as I wanted them to, but then it's it's reframing and say, okay, well, what can I learn from this? And you know, you've got a couple of other points in your article. Your last two points, which I just love, one is just do it, which we all you know. I don't know if Nike's going to get mad at us. <laughs> and then the other one is raise the stakes. And both of those focus on the intention behind making a change. And so why are those two things, which at first I'd love you to go into a little bit of detail about what they are, but, but why are they so important when fear shows up on the horizon? Um, I think so this idea is to get leverage, I think you've got to make it bigger than you. Um, okay. And when I say raise the stakes, know that um, whatever your contribution to the world is, uh, that you know by overcoming the fear, it's not just you're going to benefit from it, but it's it's something uh, you, your gifts and stuff are going to uh, help other people. It's gonna you know where whatever your purpose is, whatever you're trying to vent, that you're trying to create in the universe, um, the fear is preventing uh, other people from uh, enjoying your gifts. 
So that's a little bit like the, I think it's Marianne Williamson, the who are you not to step into, you know, it's, because it's the who am I to, to do this, and her response is, well, who are you not to share your gifts with the world? And so what you're saying is that fear, and I agree, that fear keeps us either playing small or playing safe and prevents us from having those wonderful experiences that we can share with other people. Yeah, and I think that uh, when we do something for other people or, you know, um, we, we always get more strength in that than doing it for ourselves. Uh-huh. You know, when we want to do something for ourselves, we just, we just like put it on the back burner or whatever. But if we're doing it for our wife or our children or the world or, you know, our followers or whatever, um, then we have more drive because we're not making it about us. And there's a lot of power there. And and it's amazing how much fear takes away from our power. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, fear is the, the, the biggest thing that can take your power away the, the, the quickest. So so talk a little bit about the just do it, because it's, it's really funny. A uh, um, friend of mine, for me, it wasn't fear. Well, maybe it is fear about showing who I was. My dance teacher just gave, you know, gave me the towel that said just do it, because she's like, stop being afraid. What's the worst that's going to happen? You fall on your butt. Okay, which, by the way, I actually did in a performance once. <laughs> so it's like, okay. And, and, the world, and the world still kept revolving. You know, it's, you know, a lot of people are so afraid of stuff. And my response is, well, has this ever happened before? Well, yeah. And I said, and the world continued, right? And they'd look at me like, well, yeah. I said, so what are you afraid of? So is that really what's kind of behind the just just do it? Yeah, and also uh, because, you know, people talk and they talk and they think and they they do a lot of window shopping when it comes to self-help and what they want to change. Um, and you could, that, could come, uh, that could become a pattern where you're just digesting information and you're learning and learning and reading books and all this. But, but, but you actually have to do it. You actually have to. You know, <laughs> and, and I think a lot of people think that they're growing because they uh, consume a lot of books or self-help books or read audio books or listen to audio books and all that. Um, but they don't do any of the work. And at some time, at, you know, some point, you have to do it. You have to get off the paper and uh, incorporate it into your life, or, or all all you are you're just thinking about is ideas. Right. I mean, and although that's a good first step, is to get some ideas, but then it's also putting putting a plan into place. Because what's the um, I think it's the Thomas Edison quote: "If you do the same, no, it's Einstein doing the you know doing the same thing over and over again." And expecting a different result is is insanity. So you know, it's like if I just keep reading about all this stuff, but I actually don't have a plan to make it better, then I'm going to end up in the same place. Yeah. And I think this is really important. And one of the things that I think people get really paralyzed around is is they're thinking, well. Can I make a difference in my relationship if I'm the only one doing something different? You want to weigh in on that? Yeah, you can, absolutely. And I think that that's where ego ego comes in and they're like, well, it's not fair. I'm not going to change if they don't change or he doesn't mm-hmm. change. And here's the thing. One, you're changing not for anyone but for you, hopefully. Uh-huh. And two, uh, you can't change someone, but you could change the dynamic of the relationship by changing yourself. 
and that's it that's a critical thing because I get that all the time it's like well why why do I have to do this and I, you know my response is you don't but if you're the one who wants something different then you've got the power to make it happen and people say well but then what if my partner doesn't follow along. I said, well, if you actually change what you're doing, and I, I use this with argue, you know, people who fight and argue, and I basically tell people, you cannot have a fight by yourself. You have to have a willing partner. Yeah. Now, you can be angry by yourself. You can be hurt by yourself. You can do all these other things by yourself. So if you stop fighting with your partner, they cannot fight with you. Right. And, you know, and, and I... I my husband is the one who actually taught me this because there was one day he literally just stopped fighting with me. And it was like, dang it, it works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so people don't understand that there are things that you, there are actions that you can take to make um, your relationship better. And yeah, they're a little scary because you don't necessarily know how your partner's going to react. But I think the focus goes back to being intentional and having a, a plan for yourself, like you, like we were talking about in the beginning, and you work your own plan. Yeah, and also you're setting an example, um, and when they see the change and growth in you, that will inspire them to change. Like, you know, when it comes to fitness, if you tell someone to get into the gym, they're probably not going to do it. But if you go and change your body or, or, or you know, meet your fitness goals and they see it, that's going to be the biggest inspir- uh, motivation for them to do it. It's not going to be because you're telling them to do something or to eat different or to, you know. Right. But and a lot of this, though, is going back to making the commitment because change is scary. You know, because you don't we, we can't predict the future. And but again, it's worrying about it doesn't change anything either. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You know, I mean, and, and that's what I think a lot of people are afraid of. Well, if I do this, I don't know what the outcome is. Well, and I think that's where you have to not focus on outcomes. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people, I think, well, just in general, in life in general, I think if we focus on outcomes, uh, we're creating a cliff and then we're going to fall off that cliff and then we're going to, uh, you know, judge the outcome, maybe get discouraged, internalize it, and then we're not going to. Uh, pursue it anymore and for something like fear it's not a one-time thing it's not like you you try to dissolve it once and if it doesn't work you're like oh well it's a you gotta thread it into your life it's a process you know and i think one of the things that can help people overcome fear is it's one of those things we talk about about breaking breaking it down into smaller steps so if we're talking about getting healthy or we're talking about losing weight you don't 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 say i've got to lose 100 pounds right say you know either let me just focus on losing five pounds or let me just focus on increasing my activity level or something that i can be successful at because i think that goes back to when we have successes it helps us go, oh, I can accomplish this. It's not so scary. But if I'm looking at this big, huge thing, like, um, you know, I have to turn my relationship around completely. It's like, no, just start with something as simple as, you know, giving each other a hug in the morning. (laughs) It's just like, or, or just for this week, I'm going to do this one thing. And then see what happens. Yeah, I think that's with anything. It doesn't matter if you're 
trying to conquer a fear or you're building a, a company or a marriage. Uh, it's all about the, the small steps, you know, one one day at a time. So hopefully this will help people um, focus and and I would pick one thing to tackle at a time. We it, it gets too overwhelming if we try to change our life completely. Uh, but I think that when we have a series of successes, that gives us the confidence. Um, you know, it, it's public speaking is is apparently one of the fears that's you know people fear public speaking greater than they fear dying, which yeah. is crazy. But okay, but so get it under your belt. You know, go speak once or twice, and then when you get confident at it, oh, I'm this actually I didn't die from doing this. <laughs> yeah, it's the revelation from the experience that will help you dissolve the fear. Right. So, John, where can people find out more about how to handle their fear, how to address their fear, how to have a better relationship, more fulfilling life um, from I, your uh, perspective? Yeah, I have a I have a, a company called Shift.us. It's S-H-F-T, uh, no I, because we're trying to take the I out of self-help. Dot us, not, not dot com. And uh, we help people conquer fears, build everything through tribes. So you jump into a tribe of like, you know, 12 to 20 people. It's led by a life coach or therapist. And uh, it's just a, a, just a, we're changing the way we change. So it's a new way of changing that, uh, you know, seems to be super popular and uh, super affordable. And I, I love that because I have discovered over the past several years that when you've got a group of people Working together, we all go to bat for each other, and you don't feel alone. And when you're having those moments of, ah, I don't know what to do, there's always somebody there to back you up. Yeah, it's kind of, um, it's you know, when we were just talking about CrossFit again, it's like the power of community and mm-hmm. pe- people changing through uh, micro-tribes. Absolutely. So, you know, there's an expression that fear is false evidence appearing real. And most of what we fear actually never happens, but we never learn that because fear stops us. Right, right. This is true in all aspects of life, including your relationship. And for years, I've talked about taking the fear out of love and marriage. And hopefully, you've picked up some pointers today on how to be more fearless in your life. And remember, you do not have to do it alone. You can keep listening to this show and keep learning on how to have a great life. And until next week, stay loving. Stay loving.